Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Unfortunately, note, Lavender Gooms this week had a work emergency. And, I mean, as it might be time to just tell people, he's Batman. All right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole situation. Um, great. This is not actually a Batman call, though. It's really the Bruce Wayne end of stuff, you know. He's got to go handle sure. R&D over at Sanchez Enterprises. And I really didn't know where I was going with this joke. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Bruce ever had any like, work emergencies ever. Hey, so. when what's his name in that was it a Batman Forever when dude went out when Riddler threw the dude out the window? Seemed like it was a real emergency. Mm-hmm. He had to go address, you know, just saying. Um All right, boys and girls, um we actually have a lot of MMA to talk about this past week. A lot happened. Um, we had one's second, uh, foray onto Amazon, one mm-hmm. championship on, uh, one championship on prime video to, uh, Lee versus, I keep forgetting the other young lady's name, which is unfortunate because she won Lee versus, uh, Zhang three. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Bellator 286, which we totally just missed last week yep. when talking, like, I think we mentioned it, like, a couple weeks earlier where we're like, oh, Aaron Pico, Pitbull, you know, yada, yada, yada. Totally missed it last week. I mean, um, you you touched on them and you talked shit about Bellator. And then <laughs> come Friday, we were like, oh, looks like the best card of the weekend. Yeah, well, you probably. know what? Maybe they should promote Oops. it better. Um, and then sure. um, the UFC had a fight card, which Mark, you questioned it when I said this last week when I was just talking. We were talking. I'm like, I'm not sure this counts. Because it kind of looked like we just put on a show for a billionaire who wanted to sit in the front row and clap. Um, UFC, by the way, with maybe the most tone duet deaf tweet of all time, posted a picture of Mark Zuckerberg like cheering, and they said, Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. is all of us now. No. No, he's not. Well, he, he paid for all the seats, <laughs> so in some ways, financially. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, we'll talk about that in a second here. But yeah, we're going to knock. We're going to do that. We got a couple uh, good ones. For our fights we like, which still doesn't have a better name than that. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, Mike's not here, really, to put up a fight against the name. He really didn't like it at first, but I think this is the time to have a vote on the name. Who's okay with fights we like? I vote yes. Mike's not here. Mm-hmm. Not I'll, opposed. I'll, say, I'll say yes for now. Yeah. I think we can come up we with can something do better. better. But we got to do something better. We'll, um, we'll workshop it. Exactly. Whoever donates the most to the It's I'm Amazing mm. Patreon, all right? That's how we're doing it, okay? <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's the shit eater's favorite fight of the week, man. You, dude, you know <laughs> is you know this is the internet. It would be the McFighty face, Mc we likey face or whatever type yeah, thing, you know? That's what I'm saying. They, 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 they take some hit at us, call us shit eaters or something, <laughs> and be like, well, they paid the most, so gobbling yeah. it up this week. Exactly. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um. All right, let's just talk about it, man. Um, yeah. That was real weird. Um, so earlier before this fight card headlined by Mackenzie Dern and um, yeah, uh, 
Jonan Yan or Yan Jonan, I guess, depending on what naming convention, or convention mm-hmm. you want to go with. I guess, you know, people are consistent. Over at the UFC Apex, uh, word was that the UFC said, uh, yeah, no media, no, no fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked him why. Dana White's like, oh, you know, we thought you guys could use a night off. And that was it. Yeah. And then <laughs> Mackenzie Dern was like, just fucking spilled the beans. She's like, yeah, I heard the Facebook mm-hmm. guy, Zuckerberg, uh, you know. He uh he's just it's just him. It's he did he bought it yeah. out. It's a one man show. And then Dana White was like, it's not true. Not, it didn't just deny it with like a hey, like, no. Mm-hmm. He said that is bullshit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> said it was bullshit. Why did they lie about things like this? Well, I don't know, right? Because it's, it's not like it's gonna come to fruition in a couple of days. Like it's not like we're not gonna see him there front row yeah. and then no one else and be like, Well, I could put two and two together. Dern kind of called this. It was a weird defense. Yeah, okay, I don't- so Fights car fight card starts. There's nobody there, and then yes. like immediately, I'm just like, "What a fucking casual this guy is!" Uh, you buy a whole ass event, <laughs> you're not there when it starts. Uh, he showed up, you know. He showed up. Him, um, his missus, uh, Doctor Priscilla Chan, who, by the way, had some great faces later in the evening. Mark, mm-hmm. I uh, did see some guests. Well, the woman's a medical doctor, and she saw uh, someone get kneed in the head, and she just was like, "Oh my god." Oh my God, we should, you know, this person needs medical attention. Um, and then like uh, two other people, maybe looked like they had a fun couples date plan or something. I don't know. Um, and then that was it. And it, it reminded mm-hmm. me of the pandemic, early pandemic, Mark, except yeah, sure. every time I saw his face and then I was just reminded that like, I've heard a couple different uh, metaphors for this or not metaphors, I guess. Maybe similar scenarios we're comparing it to. Mm-hmm. One would be the one I went with, uh, which was like in Django, when the mm-hmm. rich plantation owners just watched the slaves fight for their own entertainment. Yeah, and I in was front just, of a fireplace. Yeah. They were like three feet away. Yeah, so that was different, that. but very similar. Yeah, that was that was part of the bit. I was just like, oh, there's just nobody here. Uh, it's, it's like really just. I was just the whole thing felt kind of gross. Not guard. Then I also heard the uh, gladiator comparison. Um, okay. Because like the emperor's up there, just like, hey, it's good. Hey, it's not good, but at least there were people there. Um, I uh, I don't even know where to like, go with this. I, I would have liked it. I would have liked it more if Mark gave them the thumbs up or thumbs down, and they get their bonuses yeah. that way. That would well, one been dude, fun. I think that, one dude. Um, yeah, asked, Latifi. Was it my dude TV? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I watched half that fight, and I was like. From what I saw, not worthy of a bonus. I mean, oh, dude, my dude, my dude, Latifi. I threw in a quick, real late bet on Latifi by decision, and I'm like, he's got this. Yeah, good call. Yeah, like it was. Uh, that was nice. Man, he should not be fighting a heavyweight, but that's a whole different conversation uh, for later. Um, He got the W. I'll give him that. Look, okay, the no fans thing. Okay, he doesn't want to be with the poor's. Or I guess maybe let's say security concerns, whatever. I don't I don't get it, man. Like the fucking president went to one of these, remember? Like El Trumpo showed up. He showed up at one of these. They made it work. Like, well, I mean, I can't say security for this guy yeah. is any more serious. I mean, my, my first thought was just why go to the trouble of buying it all out? Because like you said, like the Apex, there's not that many people there. It's not like a big arena. I think it holds maybe a hundred been- maybe hundred fifty people. Maybe, maybe, yeah, uh-huh. if even. But it, I mean, one, it would have been 
more baller if he did do this at a big arena because then it would be very <laughs> weird because i mean really it didn't seem i mean me watching it it didn't seem that different i mean yeah there was less cheering going on but like there's not that many people in the apex yeah. anyways and like you said it wasn't that long ago where there was no one in the apex so my main concern was just like why i mean and i think we both talked about this before one why this card this card was not particularly stacked, and maybe that made it easier oh, to oh, buy out. Do you know the adorable things people were saying online? Like, oh, the UFC was comfortable doing it with this card because they knew it wasn't that important. Motherfucker, mm-hmm. the UFC would let that guy buy his own pay-per-view. We know that. Like, if you throw enough I money, mean, they will do pay- it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it would be that'll be a sight if they get a big arena and he buys that out, you know, for how many I mean, because how much is their gate really? How much do they bring in for gate for some of the big ones? Well, like a couple mil? Uh, yeah, maybe? Well, even these though. Here's the thing though. Like, I don't, I mean, the people going to the Apex, like I Mike and mm-hmm. I looked to go one yeah, time, and it was like expensive. It was like a grand, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. Like it's like if he I don't know. Like, I don't know. The people going there all seem like they're all in fucking suits and shit all the time. Like, I don't know. It yeah, I this didn't cost them. I don't think it was ever filled either. I don't think they're selling out right. the Apex either with 150 seats. Like, but my 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 other thought and concern was just like, why why go to the trouble? Because like, what I mean, and we talked about this earlier today. It was just like, I, I my my only reasoning for why he would feel Mark Zuckerberg would feel the need to buy out the whole arena, so it was like a private event just for him and his friends and family or whatever, is that like he had concerns with there being people there and like. Doing what exactly? Like throwing shit at him? Maybe. Maybe, like, maybe I it's don't just the media. Know. Maybe it's the media. But he thought saying no media specifically was going to be a bad look. But what? This maybe, is the yeah. MMA. MMA media won't even hold the UFC's feet to the fire on these fucking shoes or like any of these things. Any anything the UFC does. The only people, if you know some people, and only people who criticize the UFC don't show up at the fights. There's a reason for that. Like there's, yeah, there's a reason for that. They, like it's not like that, they're going to be like Zuck. Fucking 2016 election. How responsible do you hold uh, Zuck? Um, fucking uh, so and so from Bloody Elbow here. Uh, what, what, yeah. with the with the election? Do you feel personally responsible, Diddy? This like they're not gonna ask you. They're gonna ask him, "Hey man, you having a good time with the fights?" Like, yeah. it's like, what yeah, are you gonna so, ask him? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So it was, it was, and I mean, obviously, him doing this made it more of a story, right? If he yeah. was just there and it was like, oh, Mark Zuckerberg's a fan, and because I mean, look, like, I'm sure with the amount of money he had, he could have just hired some of his own security people or whatever, and they could have ushered him in and out and not talked to media at all. And, you know, if anyone went to talk to him, it's like, oh, he's not taking questions. He's just here to enjoy the fight. So it, it made it more of a story where it's like it's a private thing. And it was just it was awkward. I, I, and, I, my only real explanation, honestly, uh, there's two. I think there's two options. One, there's someone's birthday is right now. And his, okay. his wife, his I don't sure, know. Like their buddy. There was like the other. Uh, that's the okay. Two, three options. Two. He's just so busy that this is the only one he could make fit in. Which that seems a push. There's 45 sure. of these fuckers a year. Uh, the last one. I remember there was a video of him being like, like him, like doing MMA or something. Training. Yeah. Maybe he's just a big Mackenzie Dern fan or a big uh, Yon. No, just no disrespect for to Yon Jonan, but I could see him being a big grappling nerd. Is what I'm saying with Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. And Jan isn't exactly a striking prodigy. She's a good striker, but you know, that would be the only thing I could come up with here, buddy. Like, I don't know if, what else it would be. If he <laughs> was, if it was Dern, wouldn't he wouldn't his seat be behind Dern? Like, wouldn't he want to hear the corner more and he was behind 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not, there's not too much interest. Oh, I see. There's, it's a, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it was weird. Um, you know, it, it's definitely going to be, you know, a trivia question in years come. Like, what was the event that Mark Zuckerberg, you know, bought out the whole arena? Because it's a very unique thing. It'd be interesting if this ever happens again. But yeah, it was just, it was just weird. It was just, you weird. know what, man? Hey, conspiracy theory, theory time. Put on the tinfoil hat, brother. Was this the UFC being like, man, we don't need, we don't need media here. Oh, I thought it was going to be like Mark Zuckerberg is going to buy the UFC no, or I, some kind no, of. No, I mean that. I was. Or. I mean, I, I thought about that conspiracy theory, but then I was just like, th- they want people to watch pre-fight and post-fight interviews. We can't do them if there's no one there. Like, <laughs> I mean, but they do their own, right? They, they do. They have their no. own interviews. They they put I on mean, Facebook that, and I mean, stuff. If that, so. that, by that argument, they've always had their own. Uh, why do they advertise anywhere? You know, they're. I don't. I mean, I'm. I don't think it would if they didn't want to put media in because that was kind of my thing when I was watching it too. Was like. One, it didn't seem that private, right? Because there's still officials from the athletic commission. There's still all the production crew, all the UFC people. So it's like there's still – I mean, it would have been really cool if it was just like, look, it's the refs, the corners. Just every now and then you hear a clap and it's just a big echo <laughs> from Zuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if there was even less people, it would have been more intimate, I guess. Because it didn't seem – it honestly, watching it didn't seem that much odder than – a normal apex one, which would have, you know, like you said, maybe a hundred people or so. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was just, it was a weird thing. And it just seemed weird that, you know, he bought out the event and, and it was very weird that the UFC was hiding it when it became so apparent very early on that that wasn't well, the well, case. You're like, like lying lie. about stuff at the beginning. Like, no, just, it's not even about the UFC. Like, I don't know. I think it doesn't look, I mean, they'll just do anything for money. We all know that they're yeah. capitalists, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really going to disparage them as much as like this guy, this own this, this billionaire thought this was a good idea. You thought this was going to make him look better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was just weird. It was, it was just, just weird all of it was weird. Um, the fight itself, Mackenzie Dern, Jan Jonan, close fight. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. It was okay. I thought it was okay. It was a fine fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I did think just that the whole time I'm just like both of these people. I, I was just like. I don't think either these are as good as the champion. And then I remember the champion is Carla Esparza. And I thought, Mackenzie Dern could grab a, grab a limb. I guess these women are closer than I thought. Um, I had a draw. Uh, what'd you have? Uh, I I don't think a draw is out of place. I mean, one, what I will say is that I, th- I think with all the Dern fights, she really becomes the focus because of her strengths and her weaknesses, you know, she, she's gotten more aggressive on the standup, but she still has so many holes in her standup. You know, when she, when she goes to flurry, sure. Her chin's up. She's kind of just winging punches. Jan was able to duck underneath a lot of those and score some good shots. One thing I did like with Dern standup is that she's kind of adopting this style of like, I can kick to the body. Like a lot of people are kind of hesitant to, shoot uh, kicks to the body because they're afraid, you know, your leg can get grabbed. You know, it's very easy to grab and get a takedown there. But it's like, what does she care? That's what Jake Shields used to do all the time in his fights. Like, I'm going to kick to the body and the leg and the head because what are you going to do? Take me down and bring the fight exactly where I want to be anyways? Like, fuck, go ahead, go for it. And if you don't, I'm just going to be, you know, getting some good points here. And she she has some good uh, kicks to the liver. But a lot of times, like, she seems off balance when she gets hit, she kind of walk like it doesn't seem like she has that coordination. I, I you know, I honestly think, buddy, I think she's gotten better. Obviously, yeah. each fight she's getting better, and that's really a testament. She's got a hell of a coach in Jason Perillo. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Perillo will make you a good, will make you a better striker. You know, really sure. take guys to the next level. Um, you might she just yeah she may just not have it, 
where she's just no matter what she does, it's not going to look. I mean, we're only, what are we, 10 fights in? I don't know what we're in, 15 fights in? We're getting yeah, to the point where, like, this is what she is. Uh, we're almost yeah, there. I mean, maybe, I mean, I would have thought the thing, same thing of uh, Rock, uh, Roxanne Martafari. Oh, like, that's true. I always thought, and her striking got a lot better. So I, yeah. I still think there's room for improvement. I think the one thing she is good at, she, she'll bite down on that mouth guard and go after it. You know, yeah. a lot of people are hesitant to get in the pocket and throw down, and she's definitely not. That all being said, where she specializes in is a sight to behold and a treat to watch. Uh, you know, in the second round, when Jan made the biggest mistake that she constantly, she made a couple times in this fight was just engaging in the ground game. You know, and Dern was able to really apply her skill. What a treat that was. She and, and like we were talking about, you know, overall in the fight, there was only two rounds where she potentially won those rounds. And we both talked about how those could have been 10, eight rounds. And I think the second round, I was thinking, and you thought as well, like, I think that was the best candidate for a 10-8 round because she had two strong catches. She got an, a, a solid Uma Plata in. Like, Jan's arm was locked in there, and she, you know, that was I, a yeah, good I thought catch. we were going home. I thought we were going home right there. Like, oh, it's done. Yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> and, and for those not familiar, a catch is like when a submission is basically in. There's no more steps and positions you need to get to to finish the submission. It's there. It's just finishing the lock. So, like, her arm was completely in the Uma Plata. She had control of the body. It was very close to being snatched up. And once she got out of that, then she got a catch on the head and arm choke. And I think Dern really had her dead to right. She was basically... Um, Jan was doing this defense where you kind of grab around your knee to try to try to make some space so you can still breathe. And that's kind of like a last, 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 last ditch effort before that, that submission sunk in. And I think Dern just kind of gave it up. I don't, I don't think she wanted to extend the energy to really put that squeeze on. So there was two solid catches. And then after that, Dern got her back, flattened her out. And for probably like 20 seconds was just pounding on her pretty good. And that's another position where like the referee could have stopped the fight. It, it, she wasn't hitting so hard and, and accumulated so much damage that I don't think it would be a super justified finish. But I was thinking, like, if this continues, this is a fight-ending position. You're flattened out. There's no defense. She's getting clean shots in on your head. So there was basically three scenarios in that second round where I thought she could have finished the fight. And I kind of think that warrants a 10-8. I think when you're that close that many times within a round to finish the fight, for me, I, I, I think... 10-8 somewhat warranted. Um, I do think the I think the judges didn't award a 10-8 because there wasn't that much damage done. I think and one guy gave one, didn't he? Because there's a majority decision. I don't remember. Let me, I don't let me, let me, let me pull this up. Because it might have been the, the fifth right. round. Michael Bell gave the mm -hmm. fifth round 10-8. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, 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 I thought that was also... I thought the, both of those rounds were 10-8 or could have been 10-8s for different mm -hmm. reasons, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I, like, too, thought the second one because I'm like... Oh, it's like we're in, right? Like this is it. Where mm -hmm. I thought that was because the fifth round had her doing a lot on uh, there, but it was mostly like I, there wasn't. I don't remember there being a real like, oh, we're we're done here at any moment. She there. she had her back longer, and mm -hmm. she was striking harder. She like there was a couple times where you can tell she was really putting in some strikes to try to get the referee to stop it. Um, that all being said, Yon didn't seem much worse for wear. Like she wasn't wearing a ton of damage. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem there was no cuts. There was not a lot of abrasions. It didn't seem like she was super close to, to just completely giving up. She kept moving. But yeah, I thought both those rounds were extremely strong for Dern. And, and, and mostly my, my point earlier was just that second round from the bottom, getting the Uma Plata, getting this, uh, the side choke, 
and then getting the back and flattening her out was just like, man, this is why there was so much hype around. Is just on another level, and it was really fun to watch. Yeah, um, I thought Mackenzie's gotten better in every fight. She's still only twenty nine. Um, I think she's ten and three. I think I just read. What was that? Where the hell did that go? She's 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 twelve and three. Twelve and three. Yeah, and I or, think that before or after she's three now. Yeah, three now. Okay. Yeah, the, the the weaknesses are apparent, right? Her striking is not very good. You know, she like I said, she she's able to get in the pocket and she's willing to swing, but it's just not very technical. She's not setting up shots. She kind of just wings them. She's a hell of a and chin, though. That's like you're not just gonna does. put oh, her out. Absolutely, you're not just gonna yeah, knock and, her out in this weight class. And she has power. Like, yeah, she's landed on girls and hurt them. You know, so she definitely has power. She just needs to learn how to set it up. And her wrestling's kind of abysmal. Nine really percent. Yeah, she really needs <laughs> to find a way to get it to the ground, even if it is pulling guard. Um, you know, that that is a place where she seems to really struggle. She'll get single legs and just really not know how to finish them. So I feel like of any of the areas, if she could really get better at wrestling and get the girls down, you, even if it's in the you know guards, what she could she do. Would... Sorry, I apologize cutting you off there. Uh, but she could I I don't this is gonna sound weird because this isn't the man's style necessarily, but given where he comes from and where she comes from. Nate Diaz has always had a pretty for a jujitsu person. Nate could put people down using a lot of like trips and stuff. Pretty much anytime he wanted to, I felt he didn't pursue it a lot. Maybe go visit him. Honestly, what's Damian Maya up to? Because Damian Maya got people down whenever he felt like mm -hmm. it at times too. Damian Maya's single leg just ended up being pretty good. I think going straight to wrestlers for this. I don't know. I think it'd be better to go someone like who's experienced what she's came coming from. Like someone who is a jujitsu person who found a way to be more successful with the takedowns there. You know what I'm saying? Rather than like, let's go to fucking, you know, Johnny Hendricks, who knows how to teach her a blast double or something, you know? Or or Hen Henry or something. I mean, yeah. I, I it's true. I, I don't see her chaining takedown att attempts, you know, going from singles to doubles and, and kind of working that. And I think, too, another thing that has always been kind of a question for her is her stamina. Now, she went five hard rounds, and she was still had a lot of energy in the fifth round, so I think that's getting a lot better. But, you know, going for takedowns just takes a lot of energy. So it, it's just an area where she needs to improve. That and the stand-up, if she can kind of solidify those areas, I think she'll be more of a contender because we're seeing some of the top competition be able to slip through her fingers. I think she just, you know, she's getting better, though, man. Maybe she's not where sure. you want her to be, yeah. but every one of these fights, like where she was, I mean, she got her weight under control now. She's honestly looks like she looked in great shape, like just physically, because mm -hmm. like she's someone who's gotten criticism in the past for not like making weight, but she looked right. like she kind of tightened up and stuff. Um, Yan Jonan, we all know how important China is, and like mm -hmm. obviously, you know, look, we're talking about Mackenzie Dern because that's why that's why this was a main event. This isn't a pre. This is like the fifth. This is like the fifth fight of the night if it's without Mackenzie Dern. Like, honestly, uh, Jan Jonan, 16 and three right now, uh, bounced back from two straight losses to the champ and uh, Marie, Marina Rodriguez. Um, we, she went on a, she, the role, the run to made her fight for a minute. There was seriously Angela Hill, Carolina Kowalkiewicz, <laughs> Claudia Gadelia, Carla Esparza, Marina Rodriguez. This is not easy fights. Yeah, uh, they really throw her out a there. lot of them. She's 16 yeah. and three. The last she lost two in a row before that. 16 and 1, that loss coming back in uh, 2010 in a whole different promotion. Um, mm -hmm. She took a five year break from fighting here, actually. 
She was three, yeah. four and one and took a five-year break in there. And somewhat of an unsung hero in all this is like, um, you know, Team Alpha Male has been turning around yeah. a lot of careers and that's who she's training out of. And you can tell, like, I, I think one, Dern's wrestling isn't great, but I think you can give a lot of credit to their camp and teaching her really like how to strike. I mean, I think she overall has improved a lot in that camp. And yeah. I think that camp has turned around a lot of fighters. You know what? So. I think like, you know, there was the whole thing. Who's the head coach at Team Alpha Male for all those years? We're talking like, this is like a five-year-ago problem, honestly. Mm -hmm. when, there was a whole thing with is Uriah Faber not able to keep a head coach, blah, 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 blah. Now Uriah is the head coach, quite frankly, was the way he should have always been, but he was an active fighter. He's the head coach over there. Danny Castillo has really transitioned well, I think, into being a wrestling coach for that team. Because mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you saw, I don't think you saw the fight. I, I don't know if you mentioned this one. Um, but, uh, Slava, um, Slava Claus fought earlier in the night. It's his nickname, Slava Claus. Um, a guy training with, uh, Team Alpha Male over there. Um, and his takedown defense isn't great. That's why he's there. Didn't get the results he wanted to necessarily. Um, but that just seems like he's gotten better. Jan really was there to just, you know, again, you mentioned McKenzie's takedown defense isn't exactly, you know, he's not facing Dan. She's not facing Dan Gable out there. Like, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, that's what you're there for. Like, you get these people to the next level. Uh, Team Alpha Male got a little, got some, you know, this newer, just younger generation of dudes showing up, man. I think, you know, like, there's like a whole bunch of guys in the UFC with Team Alpha Male in their corner. For a while, it was like five dudes, it felt like, and the young one was Andre Feely, you know, and now we're, there's a ton of these dudes. So, um, get, you know, Chad Mendez out there as a coach soon, maybe, or I think he's still fighting in BKFC. Huh? I, oh, yeah, I, I think so. Right. Yeah. Speaking of BKFC, uh, the mm -hmm. Bobo, the Bible warrior got oh, trucked, got yeah. trucked by our dude, 300 pounds. He came in at, I think Ben Rothwell, there's no limit. So just fuck it, man. Like, just fuck it. <laughs> um, Anyway, this a uh, couple other things to mention. Uh, Randy Brown beats Ronaldo. Uh, Randy Brown is so big for this weight class, like lengthy, like long. Mm -hmm. And Ronaldo is just old. It's just yeah. old. Made it to the end. Um, Sadiq Youssef uh, fought uh, Don Shyness uh, on short mm -hmm. notice. Um, and he was a minus 1100 favorite. Really appreciated Sadiq going out there and just being like, okay, I'm a minus 1,100 favorite. I better win quick. And he beat him in 30 seconds. Yep. That's what you do. Um, hopefully, Mr. Uh, Shyness gets another crack at the UFC, though. You know, feel bad for the guy to come in there just to fight for the billionaire who may not have been sitting down at that point. Oh, he mm. was, actually. One person saw you lose um, in 30 seconds. Um, Ilar Latifi, Alexei Olenek. Man, Alexei can go home whenever he wants, Mark, right? Like... What are we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this fight and many other fights just shows like he he has a grappling element that he can like if he gets on top, he's dangerous, but he's just really slow. You know, uh, Latifi was just able to just out quick him a lot in these exchanges and get him down. So, yeah, I mean, look at the guy has over almost 80 fights at this point. I don't really know what else there is to prove um, a gatekeeper. Well, they're they're literally sorts, booking suppose, fights but. just for shits and giggles. They're like. Yeah, this fight was booked, and people are like, hey, Latifi has no neck. How's he going to choke him? I'm like, what are we doing? Like, let's just, we're just like, what kind of weird shit can we put this old man into? Um, I still don't like Latifi at a heavyweight. I know, 
I know I have a lot of focus on a man who's never going to win anything necessarily um, in the UFC, but he's a very serviceable 205 pound, like number 15 guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this was his last fight on his contract. Mm. And uh, I think it's worth mentioning how this guy got into the UFC, which was, I'm not sure you remember this, Mark. They were trying to do Alexander Gustafsson versus Gegard Mousasi in Sweden. And then, uh, like, three days before the fight, uh, Gus uh, tore his eyebrow. Mm-hmm. And they needed a replacement. replacement. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, my teammate, Elar, can do it. And that was, you wonder how long ago that shit was. Um, that was 2013. That was yep. April 2013. My man had a nearly 10-year run in the UFC out of that. One way, one more than he lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like I love the sledgehammer. Quite frankly, he's thirty nine years old. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna pay him one cent more to come back, though. So if he was comfortable I mean, with what he was making, take it. If I, not, go wherever go yeah. wherever anybody pay you. Mm-hmm. I mean, go to Bellator. I don't know who the heavyweight champion even is these days. Is it still Ryan Bader? You might actually get a title shot with two wins there. Yeah, uh, it, I mean he'd be a bigger fish for sure. So yeah, um, and Alexi, man, go home whenever you want. It's fine. You've given us everything. Anything you got fifty finished submission wins in your career. That's so many. Let's go home, man. It's fine. Um, yeah. So that was the UFC, an event that's going to be entirely remembered by one rich guy paying a bunch of other rich people to uh, have the poorly paid fighters entertain him. Sure, that's yeah. one way to put it. <laughs> I mean, this is the reality. What just happened? Um. All right, uh, one championship made their second appearance um, on Amazon, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you weren't able to catch this necessarily, right? Um, yeah, I, I watched a bit of the one on Thursday because it was yeah, on in the that, morning when I was getting ready, and that was kind of fun. That was that was cool, too. Um, folks, we're trying out here, man. We're trying to pursue the other MMA out there. Um, again, I really uh, enjoy their presentation. On one, same. Um, think they do a really good job. I uh, was watching my girlfriend, and she also said that she liked everything they were doing. She thought it was cool. Their whole like, the whole production in general, they were doing a nice job. Um, the backstories or video packages just tight on point. Um, they're feeding you bullshit constantly. Like they're saying the same platitudes the UFC does, but what the UFC says they're like the biggest organization in the world is the truth. One is just saying stuff. So some of that's out there. Um, I like the fact that they're doing like all these different sports in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey Musa Casey, uh, Darth Rigatoni had a grappling match out there. Went ten minutes. I kind of just disappointed that it was only ten minutes. I thought that was really cool. I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. watching it. I know grappling is not for everybody. You know, MMA is not for everybody. Kickboxing not for everybody. Do they have have a point system or is it just judges' opinion? They they just do everything is just on a totality of a fight, they just score all their fights right. like that. I, I, I knew that yeah. about the, so they just like, too, but... just who won. And it was just like, okay. they said, Mikey won and they gave him the belt. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of just like a, like the nerdiest little dude you can imagine. And he's apparently the greatest. Well, I, I keep hearing he's the greatest no gi competitor, American competitor ever, but then there's the fucking Gordon Ryan. I'm hearing the same mm. thing about the week before. So these guys can settle it. Um, but Mikey, um, just, Said they said, "What do you want to do in one?" And he said, "Just you don't call out legends. This is not a call out at all. 
it'd be an honor to share the mat with Demetrius Johnson, which I immediately thought that was a really cool idea. Um, mm-hmm. Mighty Mouse doesn't have such an ego that he would give a shit if he got choked by a guy like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. DJ doesn't care. He'd honestly just be like, well, he'd prove it to me that you can choke me. Um, and he already said he's down, you know. No I mean, what. I think that's the most compelling thing about the organization isn't just that they have these different sports, but that potentially the athletes could jump from kickboxing and Muay Thai into grappling into MMA. So you could have an MMA champion and be like, you know, I want to try kickboxing. You know, I mean, we, we've heard that from a lot of MMA fighters in UFC where it's like they want to try boxing or something. I wouldn't be too surprised if one does boxing matches at some point, too, which would be interesting on a cage and stuff. Um but I think that is a very interesting wrinkle that they have is that there's so many different combat sports that they do. And we've kind of seen Bellator had that one glory crossover thing yeah, where they we had like the thing. two cages. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was interesting, but I do think, and I agree with you too, from what I saw of the, uh, the one event, I mean, I think part of it too is that their events aren't really, at least not here in the States, like televised. So, I mean, what, what kills me in the UFC is just all the freaking commercials. You know, there's just so many commercial breaks and they don't have enough uh, commercial like sponsors to have a variety there. So you're just seeing the same stuff over and over oh, again. Oh, Jesus whereas, Christ. The same fucking uh, cologne commercial was on every commercial break. Yeah. Same one. <laughs> and, and with one, like you said, like, you know, they'll have a video package hyping up the next fight, hyping up the next event. Or even when they're doing a commercial commercial, it's usually for... Uh, you know, a fight brand or something. And it, what I liked was like, they're all with uh, Demetrius Johnson. Like he is a big star over there, which is like, you know, is as, you know, critical of him as I was when he was in the UFC. I'm kind of happy to see him in one and be not just like a big name, but like the name, like he is the guy he's in all the fucking commercials. He's selling the products, you know, and it's just really cool to see. And, and I do wonder like, you know, maybe, in uh you know thailand and stuff there they have they have the the muay thai champions rocking all the shirts and doing apparel for for that region but here in the states it's like you know dj is probably the biggest name they have so like yeah we're gonna put him in all the i mean that's the whole point of this entire thing is for people in this country to watch it that's what this whole point Mm -hmm. of his amazon deal is yeah the whole point of demetrius even being there and like i mean so it was just just, yeah yeah well like you i just i like the product itself you know and it does it has a lot of pride vibes in it. In the beginning of the event, they bring out, they have a parade of all the fighters. They have what's her face doing the the announcements. Who was the pride announcer? So it's like they're they're kind of sheening to to that hardcore audience. Um, and like I said, I you know I I got I, why, how I knew of the fights on Thursday is because I follow them on YouTube. Yeah, is and it the everything Thursday on fights YouTube? were free Are on these YouTube. All on YouTube, everything like they're next usually, week. How uh, do watch? They'll put they'll put the full fights on like a week after or something. Okay. Not, and I'm not but sure is it just like on or they just airing shit on fight or do you have to pay them for pay-per-views I wonder on their own site I don't know um yeah, yeah uh, I thought it was just a good show overall stamp Bartex, uh just her thing where she's just dancing the crowd loves her mm-hmm. that was awesome and the fight was really good um yeah, she's she's a good talent that was just did you watch that uh, the highlights of that one a little no, bit? Uh, I saw the highlights, but I did see her fight Angela Lee, and, and that was a really good fight too. So she, yeah. she's been around. She's a, she's a big one of their bigger stars. So yeah, I uh, the thing the main event. Um, I this is my first time watching um, Jin Ying, Jing Nan Yang, and uh, Jing Nan Zhang mm-hmm. and Angela Lee compete against each other. Mm-hmm. It was their third matchup, and yep. uh, apparently they're all just fucking bangers because that was awesome. 
That was immediately the first like two minutes. Angela Lee is getting destroyed. Yeah. And I'm just like, as a man with money on Angela Lee, I was like, oh, fuck. Um, she is so tough, though, her chin. Mm-hmm. I thought Angela Lee won, quite frankly, because I thought three, mm-hmm. like three, four, five. She won those rounds. I assume the later rounds are worth more. I don't know. Honestly, I think they say they judge the whole fight as the fight as a whole. Yeah. But also in reality, if I'm watching a fight, if you and me have a fight and at the end I'm winning, even mm-hmm. though I don't care how badly you kick my ass for the first 20 minutes, in the last five minutes, I turn around and start whooping your ass. Mm-hmm. I think I won that fight. Honestly, like that's what I think happened. Yeah, um, it, a lot of it's supposed to be like if the fight were to continue, who do you think would yeah. ultimately be the victor? So you think about that, the people, honestly, think about what the word fight means. What really happened here? Like if there was a fight, what happened here? Um, it was really close, though. I thought any ju- any either result was uh, acceptable. I like seeing Herb Dean out there, by the way. I know I'm in good hands. No matter what mm-hmm. MMA event I'm watching, if Herb's out there or somebody, you know, Herb, Tan Dan, Jason, well, Tan Dan most of the time, Jason Herzog, dudes like that. Goddard, especially. Um, yeah, really enjoyed the show. I The champion um, and Victor Zhang thought that the promotion really wanted Angela Lee to win. Mm-hmm. And they really confirmed it when Chotri, the guy running a promotion, came out afterward and said, mm-hmm. oh, I need to see some scorecards. I don't know uh, how they came up with that. Like, he was just like, I had it for Angela Lee. And I'm just like, all right, pump the, I know you want to sell shit. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, um, I thought she was Canadian. They kept calling her. Um, I don't know why I thought she was Canadian. She's American and something else. I can't oh, remember. She has like dual well, new- well, she's Chinese or something. But like, oh, from- you mean the champion? Oh, okay. I have to make- okay, champion. No, I'm talking about uh, Angela, Angela Lee. She's Lee. not Chinese, or she's Singapore. Yeah, I think it might be like Singapore in the states or something. I think a lot of times when I saw her fight, it would have two flags. Okay, I- American Canadian. She also lives in Canada or something. I feel okay. better about this now. Anyway, they wanted. They look. There's a there's a logic to all these cards they're putting on, like and the ones on Amazon. Um, I think the next one. I was trying to look up the next one. Uh, well, it doesn't help when I don't know who the fuck these people are. Never mind. I thought they're putting Americans everywhere. Um, they aren't. Well, they got John Lineker on there, actually. Yeah, he's a champ, too. Yeah. I mean, he's not American, but we know him from the UFC. Yeah. So. And then, you know, we got they got I, I I'm all in on all this, man. I think it's yeah, cool. It's interesting. I, I do also want I do, do think I think it's funny at times when the betting sites don't necessarily want to put them up because they're like real fugazi with some of the stuff happening with like weights and stuff. Um, mm hmm. And, um, okay, and then comparing it directly to Bellator 286, okay? Mm-hmm. Bellator, it just feels like I'm watching, I say it again, one of them feels like I'm watching a lesser UFC, the other one feels like I'm watching something a little bit different, at least. Bellator feels like I'm watching a lesser UFC every single time. You know, we mm-hmm. mentioned, and also you mentioned, like, one championship has uh, Lenny, uh, Lenny Hart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know what, man? You pay homage to the past of MMA, and you try to hang on to get money, you know, to try to milk some of the nostalgia. Bellator does that a lot. Like, Bellator's hanging on. Bellator's whole business plan is, did you like this shit you saw in a totally different promotion a few years ago? Here you go. We're going to do it again. Um. Anyway, um, I've made the same argument a bunch of different times. Uh, Pitbull versus Adam Boric. Um, this was in Long Beach, this fight. Guard. Mm-hmm. Why we didn't just do a, the third fight is beyond me. With Between AJ? Pitbull and AJ. Maybe mm-hmm. AJ didn't want to 
do it immediately. I know AJ talked very publicly and honestly about some of the mental health struggles he suffered after losing, and he couldn't really, like, no, didn't really know who he was and stuff. And after, you know what I mean? He thought mm-hmm. he was going to be the guy who's like, he said, mm-hmm. I wanted to be the Mayweather of MMA and that I didn't lose. I wanted to go undefeated. And, like, you know, it's not like that always. Um, but yeah, Pitbull main evented with Adam Boric. Um, about two minutes into this, you got the impress impression. Adam Borch didn't know what he was doing. This didn't really have a game plan that was going to work. And you also got the impression that Pitbull's like, I got booed by this crowd. Fuck him. I'm not going to put myself out there in this one. Um, he did also, after the fight was over, Mark, get on the microphone and said, uh, why you boo me? Fuck you all. Um, mm-hmm. made me laugh. Yeah, man, he's the greatest fighter Bellator's ever had. Um, I kind of wish I asked Stefan was on the podcast because what happened afterwards was exactly what always happens with Pitbulls, the Pitbull brothers when they win. They asked to fight a UFC champion and then they called the UFC champion pussies and then you read that they just signed a, fi- a contract extension like to make yeah. another 150 grand for another four fights, which pool, bro. I don't think the UFC is going to pay you more than that. But it's always funny to me when they do that. You know, they're calling Dana White scared for not co-promoting with you. Man, nobody know- nobody's watching this. I don't think people are watching Belter all that much, to be honest. Um, Boric was tough. Big kid. Didn't have anything for him. Mark, is that AJ McKee and Scott Carlisle fight? Yeah. Uh, good God damn, man. Like, that was... Um, what are the, let me just go just describe, why don't you describe to people what happened the first like four seconds of the fight? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't disagree with some of the things you were saying previously about like, I think Bellator does lay in its laurels a little bit about, about getting old talent. But I mean, you look at this card and this is all Bellator homegrown talent and AJ yeah. is definitely that. Not and the then, best moment for my argument, but yes. <laughs> but but then Spike Carlisle is a guy like when when I was first watching this fight, I was not super familiar with Spike Carlisle. I might have seen him fight before, but when you see the guy, he's kind of this big redheaded guy with long. And I was not thinking too much of him. And he came out to fucking fight. Like he ran at AJ and threw down, and he did not stop. Like, and I think that was one of the things that you know I took away the most was like this guy has incredible heart. His gas tank may not be able to keep that high momentum the whole time, but he does not stop. Um, AJ is such a practitioner. He's such a technician in there that where a lot of fighters would get overwhelmed with Carlisle's kind of high pressure fight style where he's just on you the whole time. He's constantly moving. AJ is too much of a professional. He's too good to get caught up in that. So he was able to find holes. You know, he took, uh, you know, he knocked uh, Spike Carlisle down in the first round. He, it was hard to keep Spike down and control him for any stretches of time. The guy just constantly moves around and it was an action packed fight, but it still wasn't, you know, he eventually Spike's gas tank lowered. Well, he never stopped. It just like, he didn't have the kind of strength going into the later rounds that AJ did. And AJ just started to take over, but what a fun fight. What a great fight. And I think, you know, the last AJ fight when he fought Pitbull, we were talking about, oh, this fight's going to be so fun. And we we kind of got a very tactical, slow fight because there was so much on the line. And I think AJ was a little hesitant. This was the exact fight he needed. Like Spike Carlyle uh, does not allow you to be hesitant. You know, he's in your face. You have to react to him. You can't sit back in the cut and try to wait for a moment to arise because he's just putting so much pressure on you. So it was just a fun, action-packed, match from beginning to end you know and yeah and a lot of that has to go to spike you know he did not let up you know even when there wasn't a lot in the tank when he was just outclassed 
there was no give in this man. He kept fighting the whole time. So yeah, what, what a fantastic fun fight that was. I uh, did not know Spike Carlisle had never been finished before. I knew he was yeah, tough, but I did not know it was like that. I didn't know until I was looking at this. I guess he fought in Ryzen, and I want to see him fight in Ryzen because I think that I think this guy would be fun. You throw in some some kicks and knees to the ground, and I'm interested to see how that fight went. So, yeah, yeah. I was really impressed with that with that kid. I mean, ultimately, he lost the fight. Um, AJ was just way too technical for him, but it was still a good. Oh, he scrap. was bleeding all over the fucking place when it was over. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he got, he got cut bad in, in the last round, and yeah, he was he was eating it. He was wearing it, but like, dude, never stopped. Okay, Aaron heart. Pico, or Jeremy Kennedy. Aaron Pico dislocated his shoulder on what he said was the first left hand he threw in the fight. My man went mm-hmm. into went in there on a fucking heat seeking like mission to kill this dude. Just they were throwing heat. I thought he hurt him a couple of times. I thought he got him every moment there. Um, dislocated his shoulder. Survived the whole round. Jeremy Kennedy didn't notice. I don't think, Mark, honestly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he should have attacked that. He should have been just throwing. It's like when, uh, who was it that dislocated his shoulder against Aldo? And he started kicking, Aldo started kicking him in the shoulder. A cream um, zombie did, yeah. Yeah. It was mean, but that's what you fucking do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he could have, he could have. A lot of the, the the round was contested in the clinch. Yeah. And he was just trying to get him down. And I think with the shoulder popping and his, his inability to raise his arms, like kind of past his head didn't hinder him too much from trying to stop takedowns and grappling in that extent. Um, so I think, yeah, his opponent just really wasn't aware and didn't, I yeah. mean, when he had his back, it, that was the part mm-hmm. where I'm like, Oh, he should just go for that arm. And like, if he even yeah, starts hinting at an arm bar, we're going home. Like, or what do you mean? Even attacking, yeah. a- attacking the, the neck with that arm since, you know, I, he'd probably be able to try to fight off, but wouldn't be able to, to raise up. I mean, there was definitely some things he could have done, but ultimately didn't really matter. So, um, Brandon Gibson and Aaron Pico's, uh, a very unheralded member over at Jackson Wink. But he's like the striking coach. Like, he's the one responsible for, like, getting John Jones striking on point and stuff like that. He's a good striking coach. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently, as I learned on the co-main event podcast, possibly he's the Leslie Nope of Albuquerque, New Mexico, his actual real-life job. Um, he works in, like, the parks department, maybe, okay, uh, which sure. is hilarious. Um, man's not a doctor. Um... And I think Brandon Gibson and I watched the same movies because he just started yanking on Pico's arm, mm. trying to get it back into place, which I don't normally see it done that violently and quickly, but you yeah. can also tell he was trying to do it before a doctor showed up. Like, mm-hmm. um, makes you wonder if everybody's going to go to their cornerman and say, Hey, we're going to have to make sure someone knows how to do this just in case. Um, well, I mean, anything get dislocated. It's hard to be like, oh, I want my corn to be, you know, a practitioner who knows how to like. I you think know. like the logic is like you pull out farther and like then it kind of you, makes slides it back into the joint. Like that's right. what happened. That's the I premise, mean, but didn't happen. Aaron Pico's tough. Like that's got to hurt. I know he's got adrenaline going. Him negotiating with the doctor to like continue fighting was. Mm-hmm. Just a next level. Like I've, I've, I've watched a lot of MMA. I know you have too. I never seen that before. Um, that was incredible. Yeah. Um, the doctor's like, put your, try to put your hand up, and he couldn't like lift it past his like ears. And it's like mm-hmm. doctor's like, I can't, man. Like doctor felt bad. Dude, he's like, I can't. Yeah. Then we had Josh Thompson go out there and say that the doctor took the fight away from Pico, and that they should have uh, let him continue, which prompted. 
everybody to be like, is Bellator just letting the dumbest man on in uh, on, on TV out there? Uh, yeah, I'm attention, folks. He had mm-hmm. a mic, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you something. I don't like the people they choose to be on mic because I, yeah. I look. I, and I, we talked about um, oh, what's his name, Muro Ronaldo, right? I, yeah, I you don't like Muro? No. I oh, don't. I love Morrow. I, I never, you don't like Morrow? <laughs> I've never been a fan of his. I think he's the least atrocious. But then, yeah, Big John, I'm not a fan of. Josh Why Thompson. is Big John going from the... I want Big John to be just the Bellator ref. Like, that's what I want from Big John. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know. Like Josh I, Thompson, I've been shitting on Josh Thompson since back... Go ahead and Google Josh Thompson gay marriage, folks. Sure. Don't, don't, yeah. Just take my word for it. I mean, let him, he was, let, let, read a man, compare it to people, uh, fucking dogs. Go ahead. I, I liked him as a Go fighter ahead. and that that's kind of where it ended. But yeah, I'm just like, especially when we're comparing, you know, second tier MMA organizations and you know how I feel about Michael Chavello over at one. I love that guy. I think he just brings the excitement and with Bellator, I'm just, I, I just don't like the commentary team. It, do you, do you think dive. before we get to the big John and Josh and that whole mm-hmm. end of it, do you think it's a mistake? Because I know you don't like Moro necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, not personally. You just don't find his. No, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's just quite frankly, some people think Moro's great at wrestling and not so good for sure. serious sports. But I like Moro a lot. Um, I don't think I, I don't I don't like Chavello as much as you do. Mm-hmm. You like Chavello a lot. Do you think it's a mistake to put people that are like you not know, like you know one sent out that really straight laced dude for most of the play by play now. From CBS Sports, mm-hmm. like Brent Brent Johns or something, his name is something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a mistake to somebody? I sent somebody out there who's kind of like divisive uh, on some level, I guess. Not like because he's saying wild shit. You know what I mean? Like just the way his style is a divisive style when you're already trying to fight for eyeballs. Yeah, no, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, both those guys are play by play, and I think they do a decent. I mean, for, for Morrow, what kind of annoys me? He's just kind of hokey. Like, and look, it's and sometimes his hokey. Like puns and stuff will like his references are wild. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes I'll think they're fun and clever, but a lot of times it's just like he has this this way about him that kind of makes everything just I don't know for me just feel less like real and exciting. It's just like it's all just kind of humdrum. And with Chavello, it's just like I, I I can tell this dude loves this stuff. Like he just it, it, and we talked about weeks before. Like he gets excited when I think something's exciting. And there's sometimes where I feel like other play-by-play guys don't really capture the excitement that's going on. Um, but I mean, and again, like I don't think Morrow's the worst, and it's mostly like Big I mean, John. I, just, I think they both have very specific ways they do things. So compared to like a more straight-laced, like like Anik is a good example, or like um, I, I, uh, I like what's, what's the other what's the uh, non-pay-per-view Anik? Um, Brandon Fitzgerald. They both do really. I think they both mm. do a really good job of what they do. It's not yeah. easy, but they're not out there. No one, neither one of them is just like. You know, they don't have catchphrases. Yeah, you know they don't what I mean? Like that kind of no like one, you know. personality that goes through. And I, and I think that's a double-edged sword, right? Because like you said, here, here's two examples, right? And we're on different sides of it where we both like the other one. So, I mean, I feel I feel like you get that, right? You'll get fans that in, maybe enjoy the product more because of the announced team. But my bigger end for Bellator is like, I think when you have the color guy, I do like it being a fighter. Because one, like those guys don't, you know, like th- their longevity in the sport is kind of short lived. You know, you can kind of ref and be an official for a very long time. And I just think they bring a little bit more experience than, than necessarily a ref could. That being said, 
if they want to bring someone else in like Herb Dean, I'd be interested to see Herb do play by play and see how that works. But did I, they, I don't know. Did like, they f- let Chael go? Or no? I don't know. I think well, Chael like would he be, was fine. He was doing it for a while. Yeah. What's what's Frank up to? I, I I've been telling you oh, this for yeah. ten years. I, Frank Mir them. was a good color commentator in the WEC. He yeah. explained shit well. If you get Frank not talking about Frank's own career, which is when I feel at times right. I'm like, Frank, you're a little delusional. But like, Frank's a fucking, he knows how to strike. He knows his, his grappling is incredible. He's been UFC champion. He's been on, the, he's been on every level of this sport. He, was, he got in this sport and he was like 20, wasn't he? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Frank is, I think Frank's the dude to do this for them. I think Frank is good at it. I think, um, and I know Frank got kicked off. This is hilarious. Frank got kicked off of WEC because when he was uh, promoting, he talked about Brock Lesnar before their second or third fight. He said, oh, mm-hmm. we might see the first death in a cage or whatever if we fight each other. Because like, mm-hmm. which, by the way, now Cam's that said he's going to kill everybody every three minutes. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but like Frank, Chael, um, I hate Josh Thompson at the desk. I don't like Josh sure. Thompson on my TV. He pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they don't use Chael. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. why they don't use Chael a lot. Um, I don't know why they aren't talking fucking Randy Couture is better than Josh Thompson to this. And he was a snoozer too. Um, I don't think Bug Big John's that interesting. Put a third man out there. Give him a fighter too then. Yeah. You know, the UFC has a non-fighter out there with Joe mm-hmm. Rogan. And I know he's a special case or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. look, every time I listen to Bellator commentary now, I'm just like, you all fired Jimmy Smith for this. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you guys couldn't resign Jimmy Smith. You let him go to the UFC. At least the UFC replaced Jimmy Smith with guys I know. And are decent, but I don't know. I think it's a real yeah. lacking, uh, lacking thing. Bam. Anyway, um, I don't know what we were talking about with Bellator at this point. Um, we were kind of done. There wasn't much left. Aaron Pico's tough as hell. That's just Aaron yeah. Pico's tough as he, hell. He's a great talent. Tough, tough loss. I still think there's sure. a lot there, man. I think oh, him, sure. le- him leaving training with Josh Thompson and AKA to go to New Albuquerque really seemed to help his career. Let's put that out there. Um, all right, um, let's do it. We've already gone like 53 minutes, so we'll go a little bit faster yeah. at this end here. We, we're not going to get the in-depth breakdown of our fights we like necessarily. Just uh, I'll give you the two we got. I'll go uh, mm-hmm. first here since we're already talking about Bellator. Oh, we were talking about Bellator, but um, we're talking about taking you back to November of 2011, Marcus. Mm-hmm. A week before this fight, a little website called It's I'm Amazing started. Um. Talking about Mauricio Shogun Hua, the legend, the former Pride 2006, five Grand Prix middleweight, five, five mm-hmm. Grand Prix middleweight winner. If you want to watch a fucking crazy fucking stretch on a man's record, you look at Shogun's tournament right there. It's insane who he beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking on the only man to go double champ in uh, Pride, the first man to go double champ in major MMA, honestly, was him. Um, The first guy to do it before it took another 10 years for someone to do it again in uh, Conor McGregor. Talk about Dan Hendo Henderson. Um, Set the stage. This was UFC 139. Um, It came one week after the UFC's debut on uh, Fox, I believe. The Mm -hmm. the quick one-fight thing they did with Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos on Fox. Um, this was one week after that. I remember um, 
we were going to, we went to this fight, spoiler alert there. And I do remember the fight we thought we were, they, the rumor was, everybody was saying we're going to get Kane versus Junior. Because Kane trains out of San Jose. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they took it from us and moved it to the Fox card, how pissed everybody was. Because I think tickets had already gone on sale. We'd already had tickets or something like that, maybe, which would be a very UFC move um, to move the fight. And um, it just pissed everybody off. And we got instead Dan Henderson versus Shogun Hua. And it was also only the second non-title uh, five-round main event that the UFC mm-hmm. had ever done. The only right. other previous one had happened uh, UFC 138. Um, I forgot the main event. But yeah, the previous one was UFC 138. I want to say Mark Munoz was involved in that one. That's all I remember. Um, and so this fight, the fights, and the, the fight, the whole card is awesome. Um, we're talking about a card with the co-main event being what was also a fight of the year candidate in Kung Lee versus Vanderlei Silva. Mm-hmm. Kung Lee's nose was fucked up. I remember when that was over. Yeah, it was um, a great fight. Uriah Faber, Brian Bowles was on there. Good fight there. Martin Campman, Rick Story was good. Stefan Bonner, Kyle Kingsbury, um, where Mark, we sat there and Mark famously said, if you need someone to style on, Kyle Kingsbury's the guy for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he came and sat like seven rows in front of us later on in the night. <laughs> um, Ryan Bader on this card. Michael McDonald. Remember Michael McDonald? How hyped we were on that kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a young Chris Weidman choked out Tom Lawler standing. Um, Glyson mm-hmm. Tebow, Rafael Dos Anjos was on there. Miguel Torres. Seth Bazinski, Matt Brown, Danny Castillo, aforementioned Danny Castillo, curtain jerked this one against Shamar Bailey. Awesome card. Uh, Dan Henderson and Shogun Hua, the fight started, and immediately uh, Dan Henderson starts murdering Shogun, hitting mm-hmm. him with H-bomb after H-bomb as uh, Moro Ronaldo coined, uh, coined. The whole fight was these two men prov- prov- doing permanent damage to each other uh, you cannot convince me that that uh, weeks weren't taken off of each other's lives in this one, man. They annihilated each other. Um, second round ends. They're both already exhausted. Third round's about to start. Referee Josh Rosenthal, th- saw, Rosenthal says, uh, all right, final round. And Dan Henderson turns to Josh while sucking wind, puts two fingers up and says, two more rounds, Josh. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. The referee didn't even notice that we have a five-round fight. The third round, do you remember this? Where the third round ended mm-hmm. and people started leaving the arena. And then those of us who knew were yelling, hey, there are two more rounds. Like, what? Yeah. Sit down. Um, I thought this was the greatest UFC fight ever up until um, Robbie Lawler and Roy McDonald. Mm-hmm. But honestly, mm-hmm. it's inter- incredibly subjective. I could watch this back now and tell you my, it was this one. You know? Sure, yeah. It was... So cool. I remember thinking how blessed we were to have like been there for that and how cool it was. And I remember we were talking about how, you know, it's San Jose and Kung Lee was in the co-main event. And, you know, uh, San Jose's got a very large Vietnamese population mm-hmm. and Kung Lee's a Vietnamese superstar. So when uh, his fight ended, a lot of people were leaving. A lot of people didn't see the main event, mm-hmm. you know, not a, like not like a 10% of the crowd, honestly, walked out, Sure, yeah, you know. To go to the Kung Lee after party. Um, this is such a good fight. I think it's a literally one you have to watch. Um, and it was... We didn't know if these guys had anything left either, Mark. Remember, this was... Shogun lost his title a year before this. 
Mm-hmm. Like a whole year before this was when he got beaten pillar to post by uh, I think both Dan of them Henry, had by, uh, by uh, John Jones. Yeah, they both had gone into the UFC and not had the kind of success that we kind of thought they would. Right? I mean, yeah. Shogun lost to Forrest, Dan lost to Quinton. It just seemed like maybe their better days were past them. But this fight really showed there's a lot of fight left, and if nothing else, just this matchup was f- phenomenal. I remember like this was also Shogun Hendo's first fight back. Because like the UFC bought Strike Force, like mm-hmm. they brought Strike Force, and like all the shit that like Dan- Hendo and Dana had, like said back and forth, where like Hendo, like they showed the there was like a pre-fight thing of them hugging, and Hendo like tapping Dana's belly, like saying, "Man, you're getting fat," you know, stuff like that, and you know, I don't know, stuff like that. Always, I was found entertaining. So I, I, I guess this was before the Quinton fight, right? If this was his first UFC fight, back, no, no, then- this was his first fight back from Strike Force. The Quinton fight was when he's first fight after Pride. After Pride, oh, yeah, because okay. he showed up, a- lost to Quinton and lost yeah. to Anderson, and immediately was behind the eight ball there. Yeah, what uh, a that was rough. He really came. What did he, he beat Franklin and uh, Bisping? That really turned it around for him on that run. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, awesome fight. Truly one of my favorite fights. Um, I actually was torn between picking this one and a fight that happened the same night over in Bellator mm-hmm. with uh, Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler, but we'll hang on to that one for another time. Yeah. Um, that might be probably the best fight they've ever had in their promotion. Yeah. Um, that, that, but yeah. That was one of those nights as a MMA fan. We were watching, you know, two of the best fights we've ever seen. And it was like, oh, and Chandler and Alvarez had a fucking burner. At, and we're like, oh, we got to get home and watch that too. Yeah. Like, what, what, what a time to be a fan, you know, just have all these fantastic fights just popping off on the exact same day. What a treat. And again, you shouldn't have any problem finding this on thefightpass.com or really not. anywhere else. Hell, if they wanted to just show you a highlight reel of this fight, it's probably eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. eight minutes. Um, UFC 139, November 19th, 2011. Does not feel that long ago, to be honest. Right. Uh, Marcus, what's your pick this week? Yeah, I'm picking, you know, my, my last couple picks, and, and this one still kind of follows suit. Not like the most high profile, but just like a fun scrap. And kind of like what Bobby's talking about, this event is, this one's a burner, man. This is easily one of my favorite uh, Pride events. This actually happened in Pride Bushido 9. And to kind of explain the Bushido moniker, later on in Pride's run, they kind of had a split promotion called Bushido. And this is really where they kind of introduced the lower weight classes, welterweight and lightweight and Bushido nine was actually kind of towards the tail end of the organization's life. But Bushido nine is a really um, important event because this is the opening round. It's actually the quarterfinals and semifinals of not only their lightweight tournament, but also their welterweight tournament. So this card is fucking jam packed with burners. I mean, talk about Dan Henderson, two fights in here, two fantastic fights, uh, but the one I want to talk about is one of my favorite fighters, uh, Hayato Sakurai versus Jens Pulver. Uh, Jens Pulver was a former UFC champion at 155. He went into pride. It was a really interesting prospect, and he really shined with the rule set. I think his first fight, he was fighting a Japanese fighter I'm not super familiar with. I was actually going to recommend that fight because he looked great in it, and he finished the fight with a beautiful fucking soccer kick. It just looked like this rule set really kind of gravitated towards, you know, his fight style of being a striker. Hayato Sakurai was one of these guys that I was introduced to him by watching a highlight video, which, I mean, you know, newer fans don't realize, you know, before, you know, broadband and being able to download these events, I I got familiar with a lot of fighters through like highlight videos that people would create. And and ShareDog, kind of the OG of MMA sites, put on their own 
made their own highlight videos and they made one of Hayato Sakurai when he was fighting in Shuto. And I was just amazed. Like this guy's an action fighter. He's doing cartwheel passes from butt scoot. He's super aggressive, great standup, good uh, technique on the ground. And I was so happy when he finally moved over to pride. And when he was in this tournament, his opening quarterfinal fight with Jens Pulver is really a fun one. You know, he was really giving Jens the work uh, light on his feet, really picking Jens apart with the kicks. It seemed like he kind of had the fight in the bag, but Jens catches him a couple times in this fight with good left straights. Um, Hayato was able to, to fight through it and ultimately ended the fight within the first round by TKO. He got him with a good punch and was able to use some knees, stomps, and some hammer fists. I think the fight could have gone on a little bit longer. I was just watching it now, and I think the referee stopped it maybe a little prematurely, but you do have to remember, too, this is... And Pride, uh, Bushido 9, they're not only doing the quarterfinals, but also the semifinals. These guys had another fight with another fucking killer. Um, he would go on to fight uh, Joaquin Hansen, who was a fucking destroyer in his own right. Um, and that whole tournament was great. On the other side, we had Gomi, uh, and he had a legendary fight against uh, Karajiri. They had a big rivalry, um, and they ultimately uh, met up in the, in the finals, which actually didn't take place at this event, but... Bushido 9 was always one of my favorite ones because just pillar to post, top to bottom, just fantastic fights. And I'll probably, in weeks to come, I'll talk about Phil Baroni and Minowa, who had a fucking banger of a fight, too. What what a drag-out war that one was. This whole card was, was it for, Was it for a belt? Fun. Was it for the tournament or just a belt U- also? Ultimately, whoever won this was getting their belt. So this tournament was ultimately for the welterweight and the uh, lightweight uh, championships. This is where Dan got his middleweight. Or the, I'm sorry, the welterweight belt, and this is where Gomi got his lightweight belt. Um, but these opening rounds were so fun. I mean, what? A, I mean, and honestly, like Pride really built its name. Crazy on its horse was on this one. Uh, he was. He was an alternate that ultimately didn't really. I mean, he also lost his fight. Um, but I mean, yeah, just just talking about the caliber of card. But like these Grand Prix just had like the top tier talent in the sport at the time, and you know an organization that had very limited rules. Um, it was very fan friendly. So like, yeah, th- these Grand Prix were some of my favorite and these, this Bushido one in particular, welterweight and lightweight were just phenomenal. Paulo Filo wasn't even in this tournament. I thought he was in the tournament and he's on this card. He wasn't even no, in the fucking tournament. I, I think he was another alternate. There was a couple alternates. You know, um, your fucking event is good when Paulo Filo's your, Oh, you're curtain jerker. Okay. There were some guys here that they probably uh, pseudo probably could have they could have replaced him. But then he would have been fighting Bustamante. Maybe there's a Brazil thing. I don't know. He, he definitely could have been on this for sure. But you know, whatever, you know, whatever. Say la vie. How it was. What a card this was. Bushido nine top to bottom. Uh, really fun. So that's what we got this week. Yeah. Check out those photos for those fights, man. Um, all right. Um guess uh stuff we like i think i literally have nothing yeah i, I watched a lot of mma mm-hmm. like i watched a lot of mma um man i made a real big mistake and i bet on uh what's her name the opening uh fight of the I, I, uh of the ufc card i bet against um forgot the young lady's name something chandler um and i say it was a mistake because then i looked her up and it was like, oh, from Stockton, California. Chelsea Chandler, yeah. Training out of Caesar Crazy Jiu-Jitsu. I'm like, how? This is punishment from the MMA gods. Just, mm-hmm. just beat the crap out of a girl for four minutes. It was terrible. And uh, then I read today that the city of Stockton's got a serial killer, man. You see that? Oh, geez, they got no. a serial killer. I guess someone's, someone's killing five, killed five dudes. Jeez. Right. Just saying. 
They breed them different. They breed them different in Stockton. I'm just babbling about the news. I got nothing. This is obviously isn't something I like. Um, but I'll just say this. If you live in California and you vote no on Prop 27, you are stopping nobody from gambling anyway. As I just mentioned. So, yes on 27 in California. Periodically, I will say that between now and a month from now. Yeah, Marcus, what do you got this week? Uh-huh. Yeah, likewise, um, not a lot of new stuff to talk about. I think there are a lot of shows that I'm still enjoying, but nothing that we haven't talked about before. She-Hulk still going on. Welcome to Wrexham. I'm still enjoying uh, Great British Bake Off as a new season that's going on Netflix. Trying to think what uh, Abbott Elementary has a new season that's going on. I should uh, watch then, Abbott Elementary, right? Yeah, I, I would recommend um, mostly it's on HBO Max. So yeah. that makes it really no commercials or anything like that. You can really, wait. So it's actually got some like, I mean, I know it's called Abbott Elementary, but can, can people talk? Like, can people, is there profanity a little bit? Is there a little, uh, oh, no, I mean, it's a, it's an ABC network comedy. There's not really profanity. It's not like an FX show or it's anything. It's on HBO like Max, that. though? Oh, so it's, not, yeah. it's on regular TV. They just have it on Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. And then that, that's why I watched it. Cause I think it was on Hulu before, but with the commercials and stuff, I really got to be invested. So when I saw it, I was on HBO Max. I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. We'll give it an episode or two. And I, I got I got hooked pretty quick. Um, so outside of all of that stuff, I would say the one game I kind of dipped my toe back into was uh, River City Girls. I actually talked about this when it came out like a couple years ago. Um, this is kind of a new iteration of River, River City Ransom, which is kind of a 2D beat-em-up. Uh, with some RPG elements. I mean, this series goes back to the Nintendo. The first River City Ransom was a NES game. Uh, but River City's Girls is kind of like a new iteration. Where, uh, and, and actually, I started playing it because 2 is supposed to come out by the end of the year, and I never finished the first one. So I was like, oh, I should really jump back into that. And I've really been enjoying it. Uh, there are some bosses that have been a little challenging. Um, and I definitely kind of need to basically get some uh you know use the rpg elements in my favor get some healing items but i'm at the last boss here and i think i'll be able to wrap it up pretty soon but uh yeah other than that kind of like you bobby there's a lot of good stuff going on but not nothing new came out would would you watch Mm -hmm. abbott elementary or superstore first oh i I liked abbott elementary a lot more i watched a bit of superstore and it was not i enjoyed it it wasn't bad but i did not it didn't really sink its hooks into me nearly as much like hey. abbott like within the first episode i was like oh yeah we're, gear up another one do uh this is gonna be obviously like a day late for most people because i'm about to say the date did you know that like mean girls day is a thing like no, on the no. internet people like i guess like uh there's like a scene in mean girls where Lindsay lowen asked like the dude she's crushing on i guess he asked her what's the date and she says october 2nd Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a whole fucking thing. It was pretty funny though. Um, today is the day it got dropped from Netflix. So literally oh, the okay. day people would want to go watch the movie. <laughs> uh, feels like Weird. a personal slight. Um, all right. There's no fights to pick this week. There's no UFC card. Nope. Just insert my criticism about Bellator not putting on the big cards when the UFC doesn't have a card. Um, hell, hell, last week was a good choice though, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. this was rumored, by the way, and just became official, uh, just now, uh, Davis and Figueroa, Brandon Moreno booked for a title unification bout the fourth matchup Four. January in Rio de Janeiro, which oh, is what Brandon okay. asked it. Brandon said he'd happily go to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, do you really, do you think it's the last one? Cause I don't, <laughs> that'd be great. I mean, it, they, they've all been so fun. I wouldn't mind if they went. Everyone time, has been good. Unheard of. The, 
everyone has been good man it's just like if you want to do it again we'll do it again Um, Uh, just remind me i i a little tidbit before we end the show i guess uh reem and batahari are fighting this weekend that's kind of exciting and then uh i pray for reem i hope he doesn't get hurt uh daniel cormier finally getting to do something in wrestling that's the other thing yeah Uh, daniel cormier gonna be so the ufc uh, they have a uh, fight pit in wwe's canon it's a, just basically a, a shitty octagon. A shitty's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's an octagon around the ring. You know, they're going to, you know, do a half MMA, half, you know, wor- uh, you know shoot fight um, with uh, Matt Riddle, uh, former top. I think he made it up to like, number six or seven, yeah, but top 10 true. UFC welterweight. Uh, people sleep. Uh, WWE hypes up Matt Riddle's MMA career. They're not wrong. He was good. Mm-hmm. And he really yeah. just kind of got bounced for smoking weed. Mm hmm. And generally being a dumbass, if you know anything about Matt Riddle's personal life since then, shouldn't be a surprise. Um, but um, him versus Seth Rollins, um, uh, their feud has reached the point where they need to be in a in a fight pit. They actually sure. uh, fame. They actually kind of funny. They did a uh, their take on the Daniel Cormier John Jones split screen uh, mm, interview kind of thing. interview thing. The hot mic incident, alleged right. hot mic incident from. Probably eight years ago now, nine years ago. Um, they did that a couple weeks ago. And uh, so Matt Daniel Cormier is going to be the assistant referee in this thing. In this match, in this fight referee? pit. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, guest referee. Yeah, okay, okay. Guest referee in this uh, fight pit, which, quite frankly, uh, given that Cormier is known as being a very big Seth Rollins fan in real life, Matt Riddle Realize. should not have accepted mm-hmm. these terms for a fight. Um, if this ends with Daniel Cormier getting paid a lot of money by a Saudi prince to go wrestle Brock Lesnar in, you know, one of those ridiculous shows in uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, get your check, man. Get paid, DC. I'm sure you were underpaid, even though you were a UFC champion. <laughs> one thing at a time. He's got to rough this match. We'll see. But that, that'd be that just seems like the I way guess. we all head with this year. They paid Cain Velasquez. They saw Cain Velasquez doing luchador shit at AAA. And then they're like, we got to sign him so AEW doesn't get him. And then they signed him to do a fake MMA fight against Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar could fear Brock Lesnar or the Saudi prince who bet on Brock Lesnar in the real fight got to make it, got to see the result he wanted. Anyway, um, we'll be back next week. We're going to talk about this, the next crappy UFC Apex card. Mm-hmm. Likely, I don't know who's going to fucking, maybe, maybe Elon will pay for this one, Mark. I don't know. Yeah, we'll you know, see. we'll see who can go to that one. A headline by Alexa Grasso and Vivian Arujo. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike should be back next week until then thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast we appreciate it as always go check out Hayato Sakurai and Jens Pulver from Pride Bushido 9 watch the whole fucking card same thing can be said from UFC 139 Dan mm-hmm. Henderson versus Shogun Hua um, you know what if you haven't seen these fights it's better than watching whatever that card is I just mentioned there's no card this weekend <laughs> no, better sure. than the, I'm telling you right now it's better than the card they put on next weekend too so till then I was Dr. Law That was the legend himself, DJ Mark. See y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. I I just give you more accolades. We're just just a move here, man. We're just going to keep like... So when people eventually come on to the podcast and I give you these things, they're like, who is this? What kind of local legend fighter was this dude? Yeah, let me look up his Google and I find nothing. Yeah. Well, we we tell him we fought in the Kumite. All right? That's Mm, what it was. Didn't keep Um, records of those. All right, guys, thank you all so much for listening. Peace out.